that was really an incredibly novel idea yeah. at the sort of toxic reach of the internet at that time. I am saying I think I've gone blind from seeing people having sex with naked animated women. And, and what I'm saying uh, is every party needs a pooper. And, <laughs> and this is the one. And we are back to a Fright Club Live Yay. at the Gateway Film we Center. And welcome place. to it. Yes. How weird does this feel? Very. After so many months. I was walking out of the house tonight. You know, we had all our stuff. And I thought, I'm, I know I'm going to forget something because yep. we haven't done this in so long. Yep. I forget a microphone or something, <laughs> which is not good news. But welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. And she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com. Glad to be back at Gateway. Film Center, and uh, we've got a fantastic movie tonight. Thank you so much to everybody that has come out. I know it's tough to come out right now. I certainly don't blame anyone who doesn't feel comfortable, but man, they've done a great job here at the Gateway, making everything as safe as possible. And uh, thank you guys for coming out. Yes, thank you so much. And you are going to be really great. We missed a lot of you so yes. much, so it's great to see you. Just missed movies, missed watching movies with people. Yep, you know, just getting together, and it's just one of the things that has been affected in such a negative way. And, of course, we love to support this theater right? Um, as, as much as we can. So, yeah, we've got a great movie, uh, a fun subject. Uh, I don't Has anybody already seen this movie here tonight? I'd be surprised. Nobody. Yay! Yeah. I love that! Yeah, because this is one we've been talking about showing it for a long time just for that reason, because it's really... You can see it, you can find it, but finding it on the big screen is quite difficult. It is actually almost impossible to find it all. You can get, uh, it is on YouTube, I don't think it's supposed to be there, but it is, but it isn't subtitled, and it's a French film, so you'd have to also know French to understand <laughs> it. <laughs> so, I'm super Although, excited. Although, you know what, Chris I think you'll see, this is a movie that probably could work on you, even yeah. if you didn't understand, yep. uh, it's that it's that visually oriented, and and it's called Fears of the Dark. Uh, in our animated countdown tonight, we're finally getting to our favorite animated horror. But we don't want to get away from ourselves. We've we've been gone. We've been separated for months. What's happened? What's going on? <laughs> well, the last Fright Club that we did, actually, yeah, it's true. I wanted to just thank, before we jump into that, Jamie Ray. Jamie Ray had us on his podcast, mm -hmm. Fave Five from Fans, and um, we did a topic that you and I were super pissed we never thought of doing on our own podcast, Horror Hometowns, which was a very cool idea. It was. We just ran down our favorite cities that are like, you know, Bodega Bay, the birds. We just mm -hmm. went through all the best cities uh, in horror movies, and that was super fun. It was very nice of him yeah, to have it was. us on. Um, and then we have this cool puzzle to give away from Blumhouse, and, and I wanted to, to just say hey to some of the winners because Cicely from the Owens Group hooked us up with uh, premiere links so that we could give away, you know, to winners, and they could they could participate in a big premiere party online, see the movie first the day before right. it opened. And we've had some great feedback from that. And um, one of the things, Kaya was one of the winners, and she responded that she loves us and that we have helped her get through some of the boring hours of shutdown, which I thought was very nice of her to say. Is that so why she won, those kind words? No, that was not <laughs> why she won. She said it after. <laughs> yeah, so they set us up. They have that new series, Welcome to the Bloom. Is it Bloomhouse or Blumhouse? It's, I think it's Bloomhouse because it's Jason Bloom, right? Right. Okay. Is that, is that correct? We're going to say Bloomhouse. And they have this uh, series of eight movies that are just coming out. And who, who are you looking at? Is that correct? I'm you looking, at, looking Brandon. at me. I'm looking at Brandon <laughs> for, and he's he's giving me the old, I don't know. So so you let me down. You let me down there, Brandon. But, uh, no, they have this new series. They've been giving us a chance to see them early and review them, so we appreciate that. And we've got this super cool puzzle. So 
Everybody's got a uh, raffle ticket, correct? So we'll give those away. Yeah, at the end, uh, at the end of the podcast here, somebody's taking it home. So, uh, and we also got big news about uh, a new addition to the Fry Club family. That's right, and there's something that we've been uh, looking forward to talking about. We just want to say congratulations, Jen Dreadful. Yay, with and the Albert. New, and right with the new little <laughs> Albert Dreadful. Um, so, uh, congratulations. and the pictures are super cute. Oh my God, that is a cute baby. By That's a way, cute so baby. Yeah, congratulations. So, um, we are talking uh, about animated horror tonight. There are so many animated horror movies, like way more than I. I knew that I was going to have to watch a ton of movies because this wasn't an area where I'd really spent a great deal of time uh, prior to this. And so I had a sense of where I thought we were going to go, but I knew that I had like a million movies to watch in preparation to decide. So I just wanted to sort of uh, mention a couple that aren't going to make it on here. (laughs) I did think that some of the movies that are actually children's films that are really scary, you know, would make it. And I'm not saying none of them did, but here are some that probably could have that didn't. Monster House. Now, I thought Monster House was going to make it because that movie is scary as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for a kid's movie. No, I hear that that all the time. I think everybody feels that way. Yeah. 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 I love that movie. And and I think it's great. Also, you know, The Corpse Bride and Coraline. I think those are great, great movies that are scary and you could watch with your kids come Halloween. I mean, I think that they are really good movies. Paranorman is another one that is just a great Really well-made movie. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back a little bit in time, like, like say, the 70s, there are all kinds of movies that weren't supposed to f- scare children, like The Plague Dogs. That, that, title, <laughs> that title scares me. It's horrifying. It's the same guy who did Watership Down, uh, and it's very similar animated style, and it is about dogs who escape from an experimental lab and then find that the world is just as tragic and awful as the experimental lab You know, lab Watership was. Down is kind of scary. I mean, just the way very. those rabbits look. Is scary. It's very scary. That was another one that I was going to say, that they were just scary. And then there are a couple of uh, just ones I want to point out. So The Wolf House is out right now, um, and it'll be available on VOD very soon. It's not a horror movie. It's a great movie, though. I mean, it's a great movie. And it's stop-action animation. You know, the characters are sort of built and rebuilt. They're very much like papier-mâché characters. It's the most gloriously animated movie I've seen in I don't know how long. And it's spooky. It's not a horror film. It's a good movie, though. Basically mentioning it because I want you to look for it when it comes out on VOD in a month or so. And then Heavy Metal. I think we both thought that was going to make it on here. <laughs> um, what a trip that movie is. We hadn't seen it in years, right. and we watched it again yep. in the last, I don't know, month or so. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it, it's it's so dated and so great and such full of such excess yes. that it's it's glorious. But, of course, it's not a horror film. It is. I mean, se- a couple of the segments are, but on the whole, it isn't. And also, and I know this is going to be disappointing to some of you, but I'm going to just have to say it out loud. There is a limit for me to <laughs> how many movies I can include in a list that basically are just, they exist only so that somebody could draw a lot of naked women and then draw people having sex with the naked women. So I'm not saying there are none because we really wouldn't have a list. I am saying I think I've gone blind from seeing people having sex with naked animated women. And, and what I'm saying um, is every party needs a pooper, and, <laughs> and this is the one right here. It's me. That's what I'm saying. It's me. So anyway, uh, obviously, as South Park would attest, <laughs> I know heavy metal, that was really the whole purpose of several of those oh, shorts. And that South Park uh, heavy metal episode is just the greatest. And then another one that is just worth mentioning is very flawed, but Extraordinary Tales is a series of animated shorts based on Poe. It's pretty cool. It's not great. There are some great voices. There's a Bella Lugosi does the whole voice of one of the shorts. And uh, it wasn't quite enough to make it, but it was close. 
All right, so I've run through all the ones I wanted to talk about. All right, so let's jump into it then. We'll start with number five on our list of animated horror, and this one is from uh, 2000. Uh, when a girl is abducted by a vampire, a legendary bounty hunter is hired to bring her back. This is Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. He's here by her own choice, Dunfield. Better move fast. We've got some competition. I've hired the Marcus brothers, and they've got a head start on you. She called out his name. It may be true what he said. Took my sister and killed my friends. If you're familiar with this movie, you might be asking yourself why we didn't just go with the original Vampire Hunter from 1985. Why would we, Vampire Hunter D, why would we go with the sequel? Because it's just better. I thought we were going to do the 1985 version too, and I almost didn't even watch this movie. And then I watched it, and I was like, the, I mean, this is such a visually spectacular movie. And it's one of those great animes that is simultaneously like goth and futuristic. And the main character is Blade, basically, right? He's half vampire, half human. So he's disliked by both groups of, of people in this future world. And, and that really has nothing to do with anything. Who cares? He's a, he's a pretty cool hero. And the, the villain is okay. And there's this future retro Countess Bathory that we don't even get to meet until like an hour and 20 minutes in, which is kind of awesome to sort of hold that back to the end. But it's got everything that you expect from sort of an anime spectacle. There's a lot of very stylized violence and really nubile women. But it's the way that the set pieces are executed. It's the way that the action is executed in this. There's such so much more of a clear trajectory in the action in this movie than what you normally find in anime where you just see somebody go like, huh, and then, and then, oh, there's blood splatter, and you're sort of left to sort of piece it together, which, of course, that makes perfect sense. But in this one, because they've got so much more technology at their fingertips while they're animating these action sequences, the action in this movie is absolutely glorious. So between that, the action itself, and then just this glorious goth backdrop to it, I, I was amazed by how excellent looking this movie is. So it's also one of those rare sequels. It is. That's better than the original. Yes. And actually, unlike almost every other anime that you'll find, English is actually the original language of this movie. The English track was created first, and then the Cantonese and Japanese tracks were done after that. Which is actually very interesting because the director, so he did Wicked City. Do you guys remember Wicked City? Wicked City was one of those 1990s, you know, uh, cult classic anime features that is just fantasy sex it's, it's just <laughs> it's just a lot of weird plot strung together to see sort of these mutant creatures having sex with women who aren't even really women and they're just going to sort of melt on you as soon as you have changed on this super weird not a horror movie at all although there are some sort of horror elements to it but it's very interesting that that same director who's done a lot who's made a lot of, of anime films that this would be um, English language first that is very surprising and that is Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust number five on our animated horror list Moving up to number four, this is from 1997. It's a pop singer giving up her career to become an actress who slowly goes insane when she starts being stalked by an obsessive fan and what seems to be the ghost of her past. It's perfect blue. Sometimes aspirations can be deadly. I'm always watching Nima's room. Where did this come from? How do they know so much? Innocence is lost. Dreams become nightmares. And privacy no longer exists. Where everything you do can be seen by everyone. And those you trust are really those you should fear. 
Your life no longer belongs to you. Perfect blue. Excuse me, who are you? Excuse me, who are you? I admit I had not I had not seen this movie until just last week and I really liked it. Especially watching it now, you it's so prescient about social media and loss of privacy and loss of identity and yes you're going to see a lot of other movies in it um specifically well if you saw if you saw that shot there of the bathtub scene that was created or re- recreated verbatim in uh, Requiem for a Dream and actually Aronofsky owns the American rights to this movie just so he could recreate that scene wow and you also see a lot of black swan oh, yes. in this movie tons looking at it from the time it came out 1997. Yeah. I think it's incredibly influential and incredibly smart uh, and tells a pretty good story. Yes, it has some some ups and downs as far as the narrative goes, but I really liked it. No, I think so, too. It doesn't date super, super well, but um, that's unfortunate because a lot of what it touches on, as you said, other other filmmakers have have drawn from. Mm -hmm. And um, and it is if you think about 1997, she's she's stalked online and somebody creates a false version of her online to sort of convince her avid fans that this woman is not really her. And it's a fascinating story in that way because it's 1997. So that was really an incredibly novel idea at the sort of toxic reach of the internet at that time. 1997, it also bears a lot of resemblance to, that was sort of the, the decade of the, you know, psychosexual thriller which is, that's, I think, part of what doesn't date very well with this. But I do think that it, it makes some very interesting points, particularly as an anime feature that, by definition, has a bunch of naked cartoon women in it, that it, 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 its whole focus really is on how the, the media and the public sexualizes females, even if they're being presented as hyper-innocent, which mm-hmm. is a very, very fascinating idea for anime to tackle since that's all they ever do, <laughs> yeah. anime. Yeah. is you know One of the reasons that the first Vampire Hunter D always got under my skin is because the opening sequence is this badass you know, murdering woman who is dressed like a child and all we see every time she runs is her underpants. And I just think, I don't... Why is that even necessary? <laughs> um, and so I thought that the, the way Perfect Blue addressed that it was um, provocative. Anyway, I don't think that they really answered any of the questions necessarily they brought up, but I thought it was very interesting that they tackled it. This is based on a novel, and the director is Satoshi Khan. Mm. And it's actually, it was originally conceived as a live-action feature, but then a lot of the backers pulled out in pre-production, so they just changed it to anime. Well, it's interesting because there are some things that I think, because it is a, a movie about is she crazy, is she not crazy, mm-hmm. there are some things that you can execute via animation that, would be hard to do live action. I think they take advantage of that in this movie. Yeah, really enjoyed that one. Perfect Blue from 1997, number four on our list of animated horror. Moving up to number three, this was just from a couple of years ago. Several groups, uh, oh no, four years ago. Several groups of people try to survive a zombie pandemic. What? That unleashes itself in downtown Seoul. Seoul Station. So this is the prequel to Sang Ho Young's Train to Busan. He made he made this movie first, 
And then a couple of years later, he made The Glorious Train to Busan, which we showed at Fright Club a few months ago. And actually, it's really fun, funny to me that every film he had made before, Train to Busan, was animated. And then he just made this glorious leap. And, it's, and when you watch Train to Busan, I think... If you have that in your head, you can sort of see where a guy, it seems like it's been meticulously storyboarded. You know what I mean? Like every shot in that movie is so, so absolutely perfectly put together. But it started with this, and this movie is so interesting to me because it really also, aside from just being a really great zombie movie, it's a great commentary on fringe populations and the way that they are underserved by their government. And, um, and it's set in South Korea. The lead character... She's a runaway and a prostitute, and she is such a great character because she's she's very um, unrepentant and just just needs just to get some shit done. <laughs> and I and I and I feel like it's not a character that you see very often in any kind of a film, and it's certainly not a character you see very often in an animated feature. And I just thought everything about this movie was interesting. The uh, story, though, it takes place the day before the events in Train to Busan, mm-hmm. which is so interesting that they would do it. Animated, yeah, um, because you know how much we love Train to Busan. Well, we showed it, yes. here a few months ago um, in uh, in a Fright Club Live, and everybody freaking loved it. Yes, everybody loved it. And uh, if you haven't seen, if you've seen Train to Busan and haven't seen this, highly recommend it because it, it's a totally different, totally different take on it, and another. Another one that's great. I mean, I really enjoyed this one, too. Yeah, it was great. And it's also, I mean, it's interesting the way they connect the two films because it's in a different city, but it is all set around the train station as well. So you just get the sense that that, that little girl and her dad's train are going to come right <laughs> through the station. And that would be such a shame. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. And it takes some really weird plot turns that yeah. you are completely ill-prepared for, yet make perfect sense, which is always, for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great piece of writing on top of being a really great animated feature. And it's got some cool animated zombies. It does. It, it goes there. And that's Soul, Soul <laughs> Station, uh, number three on a list of animated horror. And number two, I knew this was going to be high on the list for sure. This is from 1993. The king of Halloween town discovers Christmas town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. The nightmare before Christmas. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is a What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? This is this is so great. And they always say, from the imagination of Tim Burton, he did not direct this. No. But he did write it, and it's based on a poem that he wrote when he was a Disney animator in the early 1980s. And he has said that he was inspired to write that poem after seeing a Halloween merchandise display in a store being taken down and replaced by a Christmas display. Interesting. But, uh, but he did not direct it. It's Henry Selleck Yeah, he did Coraline this. Yeah. and uh, James the Giant Peach. And Which you can see in the style of animation, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's not a scary movie, and it's not really a horror movie, but it's like, is it every horror fan's favorite animated film or no? I, I <laughs> was just mentioning earlier, I have pajama pants from this movie. And I have no sense of whimsy at all. Absolutely none. Um, I think that everything about this movie is so amazing. I love how much Danny Elfman, the singer, sounds like Chris Sarandon, the voice. They sound exactly alike. That's, it was a perfect match. Well, according 
to, to a lot of things that you read, that's why Chris Sarandon got the role. Nice. It fits just perfectly. And also, it's a shame, but originally, Vincent Price was cast yeah. as Santa Claus. Yeah. And I, they did do some tracks, I guess, but he was so of ill health at that yeah. time, and they just couldn't. Couldn't use any. Well, Tim Burton loves him some Vincent Price. Yeah, for sure. But Uh, how classic would that have been? That would have been just perfect. It would have been. But, I mean, even though I know that I wasn't allowed to take our niece to see it because my sister asked me would it scare her. And I remember thinking back to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Love. We have so many lock, stock, and barrel Christmas decorations. I can't even tell you. <laughs> They're great. And when they when they kidnap Sandy Claus to take him to Oogie Boogie, I thought to myself, "No, that's pretty scary, actually." <laughs> Mr. Oogie Boogie, that's a scary character. When he when and the, and you think to yourself, like a little kid watching the potential horrible Oogie Boogie with worms in him and shit, and he's got Sandy Claus. I thought I thought yeah, we decided we weren't allowed to take our niece to see it, it because you know it. I mean, it doesn't. It isn't a scary movie. It isn't a horror movie. But like so many things of Tim Burton, it just embraces. The love of horror. Yeah, and it's so much fun, and there's great songs. And it's nice that over the years, I guess, they have attempted to broach the idea of sequels, and Tim Burton has been very protective as to not ruin the, in his words, purity of it. That's interesting, because Tim Burton's clearly a whore. I don't know if you guys (laughs) saw Dumbo, but (laughs) whore. Ah, But it's nice to just let it, you know, (laughs) let it stand there, let it. Just let it be. It is. Which you don't you don't see much no, anymore. No, and I'm yeah, I'm very, very happy that he has. Because it would be so hard to to improve on that movie. It's, it would. it's basically perfect. Yeah, it's so great. A nightmare before Christmas, number two on our list of animated horror, and that takes us up to number one. What and could it be? The one we're going to see tonight. So excited that no one has seen it. We're gonna see it tonight. And by the way, especially since no one has seen it. If you want to come down after and give us your thoughts, we would love to have you on the podcast because uh, this is very exciting. This is from 2007. Several scary black-and-white animated segments in different styles appeal to our fears of the dark. From six of the leading graphic artists of our time comes a film that reinvents the meaning of terror. (laughs) Fears of the Dark. Prepare for a journey into the unknown. I just went back recently. I was able to find the original review I wrote for this when we were writing for the other paper back then. And I remembered that, at least in Columbus, it came out right before Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Uh, But it's so great. We don't want to say anything about it, but we would love to get your thoughts afterward. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. It's a quick one. And it's so gorgeous. It's incredibly gorgeous. And I'm just going to say this word, dogs. (laughs) There you go. 80 minutes later... All right, so most everybody liked it. I, th- I thought it was well. First of all, I loved the different styles of animation. Yes, especially the last one. Right. I think I think the last segment was probably my favorite. It just delved into so many psychological, not just fears, but anxieties. Yeah, I like the recurring one with the dogs. Yeah. And uh, and you know when you, when you see him at first, it just seems like a guy <coughs> wearing the wrong shoes to be walking all these dogs. <laughs> and and I was immediately like he's like full of anxiety because of these shoes and these dogs and the little boy and you can't see his eyeballs at all. It's like you know. Yeah. And then you don't see what happens to him. You just hear that awful like cry and scream. And I thought I'm doomed. This movie's gonna kill me. Yeah. And then <laughs> the 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 interludes in between where you just had people 
it's almost like you're eavesdropping on a on a therapy session. Yeah, a therapy yeah. session. They're yeah. just talking about the different things that scare them, and some of them are weird. And it just makes you realize people what what really gets to the the soul of people's fears can be just so specific and so strange. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the one uh, with the bugs. Yeah. You know, um, I know that that is an anxiety for a lot of people, and it and it shows up in a lot of different horror films and it's never really done anything for me it's just not one of the but it except in this i find <laughs> it really disturbing in this particular short the the whole concept of that you know sort of he becomes like a hive at the end it was uh-huh. very it's very disturbing to me and i like the one the the samurai the ghost of the samurai oh, yeah. that that was that got outright scary i yeah. think more outright scary than it's the some, only one that some... has any color in it Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one that uh, I've always come back to because after we reviewed it back in '07 and had that limited run, I believe here at the Gateway, mm-hmm. really never heard about it again. You just never hear much about it. And yeah, I, we it, did it. We talked about it in our anthologies yeah. um, podcast, but I never saw it on the big screen before, so that was very fun to see. It was. It was. It was great, and we can't thank you guys enough for coming out. Really, uh, we didn't know what kind of a turnout we'd get tonight. Um, again, totally understand anybody who didn't feel right about coming out but we thank you we thank you a lot for for coming out i'm glad you enjoyed the movie so looking ahead um next month we hope to be back here if all goes well we'll be back here for the november edition of fright club live don't know the movie that we're going to show yet or the topic but we know we will show our movie godspeed in all of its nine minute gloriousness this will have its world premiere at nightmares film festival next week the 21st through the 25th uh, it's a virtual fest this year, of course, called Masquerade, which is going to be really great. I mean, I think they've done a fantastic job moving it from a, an actual fest, for obvious reasons, to a, to a virtual fest. So. One of the things that's great about it is that uh, you can see everything now. So when right. you come to the actual film festival, you have to pick and choose. But online, you can watch every single thing. And not only that, but we're going to be hosting a couple of... Uh, meetings, couple of, uh, well, they call one a cocktail hour, so right. who knows? Right, was an interview. That could go off the rails pretty quickly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and was an interview with the uh, filmmaker of Relic yes. about making your first feature. So we're looking forward to all that, and you can get the passes, the virtual passes. They're uh, up on sale now, along with all the information, at nightmaresfest.com. And then after Godspeed has its world premiere at Nightmares Film Fest next week, what are we going to do? We're going to show it here at Fright Club next month. And just between now and then, Let's we see thought the we'd show you the trailer. She believes in his dreams. She knows he can make it on his own. If he was a girl and it was the father driving cross country to take care of the filthy, manipulative psycho, that would be fine, right? She just needs to handle this one problem first. I should kill the mom too. Take me exit. Yay, Yay, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. That is fun. So we'll show the whole thing uh, next month and be back here to show some great movie and talk about some great topic. That's right. That we don't know about yet. Uh, But until then, let us know what you thought about the animated movies tonight. You can always find us on Twitter. It's easy to keep the conversation going. We're at Mad Wolf. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews for pretty much every movie that we can cover as well as our other weekly podcast called The Screening Room. That's all 
at madwolf.com. One so, quick thing. Yes. I want to say, we, we before this started, we were talking a little bit about uh, Richard, and we were talking a little bit about werewolf movies. If you get the opportunity, we both really enjoyed... The Wolf of Snow Hollow. There you go. Latest from Jim Cummings. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's so yeah. much fun. It's super fun. And it's, that is, it's so good. It's yeah. so funny. It, it looks gorgeous. And that's out right now, yeah. so highly recommend that. Okay, so we've got to give away our puzzle, and anybody that doesn't have um, a button, we want to get you a button, and we want to see this movie. So let's get at it. Um, until next time, she is Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hi, this is Ben Young, director of Hounds of Love. Stay frightful, my friend.